Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. I'm joined today by Champaign County State's Attorney Julia Reitz. Good afternoon, Julia. Good afternoon. I don't usually fawn over my podcast guests, but you're everything I wanted to be when I went away to college. I've told you this before. I was going to be a lawyer and a prosecutor. I don't know about state's attorney, but then I got a C in my first poli-sci class and my dreams blew up on me. At what point did you decide to pursue a legal career? Um, Well, probably when I was in college. I uh, went to college believing I was going to be a diplomat because when I was in high school, I went on a uh, foreign exchange to Switzerland and I had a boyfriend there. So my thought process at that point was I'm going to be a diplomat and live in Europe with my Swiss boyfriend. Got to college and ended up working during the summers at a law firm in Chicago. Of course, the boyfriend thing changed, although we are now Facebook friends. Um, because that's the way social media works. But I worked at a law firm in in college during the summers, and I met people, and I got to see things, and uh, that you know kind of led me into law school. And you've said that when you were in law school, you wanted to work in a big, fancy Chicago law firm, but since you weren't in the top 10% of your class, that idea was out. So things changed for you when you interned for state's attorney, Tom DeFanis. Tell me about that pivotal moment. Well, so yes, I the law firm that I worked at in undergrad, I um, was one of the big firms. And when I went to came to the U of I, I thought for sure they were going to hire me. But um, notwithstanding the relationship, my grades were not, I was kind of in the middle. I always tell law students, you know, there's 10 people in the top 10, 10 people in the bottom 10, everybody else is in the middle and you have to find out what works for you, um, when you're, when you're part of that middle. And so I ended up doing an internship at the U S attorney's office up in Chicago one summer. That was really kind of what turned me towards criminal justice and prosecution. And then my third year of law school, I interned at the state's attorney's office here in Champaign County, and I was Tom DeFonis's intern. Um, and that was the 90s. Jobs were not plentiful. I was getting married. Um, and uh, one day Tom called me into his office and he said, somebody's left. I've got an opening. You want a job? And I said, sure. That was pretty much the interview. And so we ended up staying here. And it was not what I thought was going to happen when I came here, but I am absolutely uh, lucky to have been given that opportunity. All right, let's flash forward and let's go back to when you decided to run for the job of Champaign County State's Attorney. Was there more resistance to the fact that you were female or that you were incredibly young, or was there any resistance to that? I wouldn't say there was really any resistance because I was a female or young. Um, my timing was was very good because I had um, been an assistant state's attorney for quite a while, and uh, Tom DeFanis was my first boss, and then he became a judge, and he was replaced by John Pyland, who was appointed. And um, John was very political and very motivated by what was in his political best interests, and we did not get along. Uh, we didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things philosophically. And I left the office and went up to DuPage County, where my family and I were absolutely miserable. Um, and I got an offer on my house down here and realized in a split second I didn't want to leave and I wanted to stay in Champaign County. So I called John Pylon back and said, can I have my job back? And he said, you need to take some more time. Um, I said, well, I'm coming back one way or the other. And so I got off the phone with him and 
called my friend Steve Beckett and said, can I please have a job? And he said, absolutely, and welcomed me into his firm. Uh, So I came back, and I had hoped that things would improve what I saw going on in the state's attorney's office, and I um, wasn't seeing that. So that's when I got involved in politics, um, in Democratic Party politics, and met um, so many amazing people. Jerry Parr, who was the Democratic Party chair in Champaign County, was just a force, um, and she taught me so much about local politics, and I got to know people. And so when I made the decision to run, I had so much support from the party and, frankly, from the community because people were not happy with the decisions they were seeing being made in the office. Um, So my timing was really good, but I also created these relationships uh, with people who supported and taught me along the way. Before we started recording, you said this great quote, I have to get along with everyone. At what point did you realize that? Before you ran for office or along the way? I think after, um, maybe after the honeymoon period, um, because when I was elected, I mean, I'm kind of an old timer, you know, I, I was elected in 2004 and politics locally, politics statewide, nationally were so different. Um, the world was different. You know, we didn't have social media and a 24 hour news cycle the same way we do now. I was the only Democrat countywide and the only woman Statewide, out of the 102 elected states attorneys, there were six women, uh, largely Republicans. And also being a countywide elected official in a county that was largely Republican at that time, you know, I had to learn how to get along with the opposition, (laughs) You know, and ultimately to learn that as an elected official, you're also a department head, you know, as a, as a officer with um, colleagues across the state, you have to work with people who are not of your party or, you know, not of your gender or I don't agree with you. And also as the state's attorney, you know, my job is to represent, well, the people of the state of Illinois, but the people of Champaign County. And... So that includes everyone, you know, that includes victims, community members, law enforcement, people who are accused of crimes, defendants. You know, I I have to keep everyone's interests in mind when I'm trying to first do justice. I can't try to put my finger up in the air and figure out which way the wind is blowing and do that. That's That's what my predecessor did. He was always trying to figure out how to make the most people happy and in the end didn't make anybody happy. So I have learned along the way that what I have to do is to make my decisions based on what I believe is right according to the evidence and the law and just my moral compass and make that decision and then stand up and explain it and understand that there are going to be people who disagree with it, um, but stand by it. Or admit if I'm wrong that I'm wrong and make the changes. So that's what I mean by I have to get along with everyone. Not that I have to try to please everyone, but I have to be who I am, be clear about that, and you know, accept that I took on this responsibility of 
being a decision maker. I see the difference. And uh, when you read comments in social media criticizing how you handled a case or a sentence, does it surprise you how many backseat states attorneys live in this community? Oh, you know, social media is such a fascinating societal change, you know, and years and years from now, somebody's going to look back on this and really examine what it has created and how it has changed us. Um, People can be angry, they can be cruel, they can be opinionated, um, and frankly, unfortunately, they can be pretty ignorant and get away with it sometimes anonymously um, or without really having to look somebody else in the eye and have a conversation. There's a really interesting podcast I've been listening to. I like the podcasts. Um, That's called Conversations with People Who Hate Me. Um, And it's a young man who does a podcast and um, people send him horrible messages and he calls them up and has phone conversations with them and they actually communicate. And sometimes I think maybe I'll send him a message and say, hey, I'm one of those people who, you know, I wouldn't mind sometimes having people actually have a conversation with me as opposed to, you know, just madly typing and hitting send and, you know, not having to see the humanity. I have spoken to both Alan Jones and Sheriff Herman about how we deal with the mentally ill in our jails and our justice system. Does that play a major factor in how you do your job? Oh, absolutely. You know, we talked a little bit about things that have changed over time. um, And our criminal justice system has had to adjust to dealing with uh, people with serious mental health issues. And, you know, we say we're not equipped to do it, and that's because we're really not, um, but we don't have a choice. And one thing, you know, definitely that we have worked on over the years is trying to get better at that. And I personally spend a considerable amount of time communicating with our jail staff, um, our law enforcement officers, our social service providers, Um, When we have somebody who's badly in need of social services and mental health services, uh, but we start seeing them through the criminal justice system, we'd prefer, you know, to start seeing them at what we call um, entry point zero, meaning before law enforcement gets involved. How do we do that? Um, But unfortunately, oftentimes it starts with law enforcement and then we have to figure out you know, how can we help this person, but also protect the community and the interests of, you know, of, of everybody else who are, you know, concerned or victimized. Have you seen any changes yet in the change of leadership from Alan Jones to Sheriff Herman? I mean, there were, you had a lot of friends that were not elected or reelected. Has it been an awkward transition or you're just like you said, you just have to learn how to like everyone? Well, again, it's it's interesting. I'm in a really interesting place, to be very honest. Um, I have spent, you know, the past 12 years working with a certain set of people um, who are my colleagues and my friends, and now have a new group of individuals um, who are now my colleagues and my friends who are starting out from ground zero and they have to establish what their goals are and what their, um, what their plans are. And uh, we have to figure out how we're going to make that all work um, for the 
betterment ultimately of our community. That's what's most important. Um, so I think it's really early in that process. I don't think we can say at this point that things have changed. I think there's just a lot of learning that's going to need to go on over the next few months for those people who have jumped in and taken on these these really important and huge jobs. I, you know, and I've been asked, they've asked me, what was it like when you started, you know, back in 2004? You know, that first day of coming in, <laughs> Um, to an office that I used to be a part of with, uh, you know, some people who were my friends and other people who were looking at me sideways um, with my bagels and my orange juice and <laughs> saying, I'm, now I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. You know, that was an overwhelming moment that I will never forget. It's an adjustment period. I've told my husband, if I ever run away, that he'll find me on the Reitz Johnston farm. You have so many rescue dogs, each with a unique story, and so many horses. One of your many defining traits is your love of horses. Was that something you did as a child? And tell me about your current stable. So I, yes, when I was young, we rode horses. Um, My mother got us into it. And Um, Then when I went away to college, I, you know, stopped, life started, and that's pretty common in the horse world. Went away to college, got married, had a child, started this process, this job, and uh, we went on a vacation to Tennessee to a dude ranch, and I rode a horse there and came back saying, you know, I really want to start this again. And my husband, um, amazingly supportive person that he is said, sure. And so I bought a pony from a friend of mine who's also one of my secretaries in my office who I've known since we were both, you know, since I started, she was in the clerk's office when she was, I think, 12, it seemed like. Um, But anyway, she has horses and she sold me one of her ponies. Um, And I just, I just lost her in March to colic, actually. So this is a little hard. Um, but she really changed my life um, for the better, for my mental health, for my you know sanity, uh, for my confidence and courage. I got to do so many things, and through her, meet amazing people and friends. And my daughter got involved also, and we ended up moving out to the country and getting more horses. And you know, there's just so many people that I know because of this $500 backyard pony, you know, who is just my spirit animal. So I lost her in March to colic, um, which has been really difficult. Um, But yeah, I'm lucky. I have live out in the country, which is, you know, what a wonderful community we live in. You know, we've got everything here. We've got city, we've got university, we've got country and it's all, you know, I always say it's 15, everything's 15 minutes away, right? Mm -hmm. You know, how long did it take me to get here? 15 minutes. But we have so much here. And so I'm so lucky to be able to live in the country, but, you know, and have all the things that I have. Um, And I love to have people come over. Um, I've had Girl Scout troops. I've had, you know, friends, kids, and it's a lot of fun to share these amazing animals with, with everyone. You're so entrenched in this community. I can't picture you now as a Chicago girl, which you are. But do you feel a little dirty having grown up in Chicago that you've embraced your husband's sports teams? I mean, Cardinals, <laughs> Packers. Like, what, do, Does your family hate that part of you? Uh, yes, there definitely is a lot of uh, family discussion about uh, 
the um, the sports rivalries. My husband is is a sports addict and very knowledgeable about those things. People, I mean, we can't go anywhere. Probably more people know him than know me. Um, sometimes it seems he's a local institution. Also, he's a, a good human being, and you know, he's a retired Urbana police officer, um, and he was the best example of what law enforcement can be kind, um, caring, but, you know, always, and still is, you know, able to take care of situations and, and help people make better decisions. Does your husband and your daughters for that matter, do they get defensive when they read or hear criticism of you? Um, sure. I think so, but they also are much wiser than me and, you know, are always telling me not to focus on that. You know, and, and, and we talk, we're talking a little bit about kind of the negative criticism, but another wonderful thing about this community is that, you know, people, we're, we're a big, small town, right? You can't go to the grocery store without running into people that you know. It, you can't, you know, go anywhere really without without that happening. And people come up to me all the time and say, you know, I know what a difficult job you have and, you know, I appreciate what you're doing. And people are very kind when they're, you know, face to face. And that's what, what I have to hold on to. There's so many good things that we accomplish. I, I try very hard to help my staff focus on the positive things because in this job, it would be so easy to become so jaded and negative and cynical. We see the worst of humanity every day, but we also see sometimes the best of it. And that's what we really have to focus on. That's a perfect dovetail into my last and final question before I let you go. Please tell me you will run again when your current term ends. Oh, absolutely. I can't think of any other thing, any other place, any other community, any other group of people that I would want to do or be with. Or I'm very proud of the work that we do and of the people that I work with. Um, they don't work for me. They work with me for this community. And they are amazing from my secretaries, to my attorneys, to law enforcement, to the court system, to the community, you know, this is an amazing place to be. And I'm, like I said before, I'm absolutely lucky to be this part of it, to, to have this opportunity. Well, since I couldn't be Champaign County State's Attorney, thank you so much for doing it. And I will be part of your reelection team, okay, officially? I appreciate that. You are an important part of this community, and I'm thrilled that you're doing this and that you're asking people questions and giving your listeners an opportunity to to hear maybe a different side of people than uh, than they heard than they've seen or that uh, that they know about well thank you champaign county state's attorney julia reitz i really thank you for your time today thank you